Well, this morning I would uh, like you to come with me to Psalm 42 and verse 10. Although we must see this verse as part of uh, the whole of this this psalm. Sorry, it's not it's not verse 10 at all. Don't know where that comes from. It's verse 6. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. There are the words. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Well, we need to see this as part of the whole of the psalm and the next psalm because they clearly are a very close pair, although they're not identical twins. But we do see the repeated verses, don't we? Verse 5 of Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. And we see that verse repeated. It's repeated again in the same psalm, verse 11. Exactly the same words. And then it's repeated in Psalm 43, verse 5, right at the end of that psalm. Three times we have that question and that response. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And then the, then the, the answer, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Well, as we think about the experience of this believer being downcast in his soul, I want to begin by pointing out two common mistakes that people make about Christianity. You may make these mistakes too. Perhaps along the road as Christians we have made these mistakes. Perhaps there's someone here today uh, who's not a Christian and you may be making this mistake about Christianity. And, And if you do, it will make you stumble. It will possibly even stop you pursuing God for yourself. What are those two mistakes? Well, first mistake is this. People make the mistake of thinking that the Christian life is very smooth and it's always moving steadily upwards. And that's not true. There are many setbacks in the Christian life. There are periods of our Christian lives where we make little progress. There are times of backslidings of heart. There are rough times in the Christian life. There are all sorts of reasons for this. Sometimes it's because we are lacking in diligence in spiritual things. Perhaps we're not as focused as we should be on our soul and their needs. Sometimes it's because we're neglecting what we call the means of grace. What we mean by that is the things that God has given to us in order to encourage and help us in the Christian life. Such things as prayer, Bible reading, church attendance and so on. Sometimes it's because there are troubles and those troubles just overwhelm us. Sometimes, as in Pilgrim's Progress, we deliberately move off the path because we think that some other way is easier. Sometimes it's because sin overtakes us and we discover the weakness of our own hearts. These and perhaps many other reasons 
can make the upward path less than smooth. And it means that we do have these periods of sort of a plateau where we we level off and we don't seem to be making the progress that we ought to. So thankful that Anne Bronte, you know the Bronte sisters, Anne Bronte was the the youngest of the three literary Bronte sisters of Haworth. And she wrote this poem. It, It became a hymn in our hymn books, number 722, if you're interested in looking it up. This is what she wrote. Believe not those who say the upward path is smooth, lest you should stumble in the way and faint before the truth. It is the only road up to the realms of joy, but he who seeks that blessed abode must all his powers employ. She was right. Believe not those who say the upward path is smooth. Don't believe that becoming a Christian will be the answer to all of your troubles and you'll never be troubled again and everything will be smooth and moving upwards towards your heavenly home. It is not so. That is not the experience of God's people. It never has been. It never will be. The upward path is not smooth. So that's one mistake that people can make. There's another mistake that people make. And it's this, that the Christian will always be happy. And again, some hymns give us that impression, don't they? And some Christians give us that impression as well. There are some people that by their very personality, they are just generally cheerful. Irrepressibly, irritatingly cheerful. But some people who aren't Christians are like that as well, aren't they? But to think that becoming a Christian is going to make you happy, again, that's a mistake, and it can make you stumble. I remember greatly, it's one of those things, you, when something's in your head, sometimes you can't get it out of your head, can you? Especially choruses that you used to sing when you were young. And there's a chorus that has been added to a few great hymns. And quite often, this little chorus actually contradicts the very hymn that it's added to. For instance, I used to find this one added to the hymn, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord. In our hymn books, it's 817. I'm really glad to say it's not got this chorus. But I remember singing this uh, years and years and years, and this little chorus was added to Isaac Watts' great hymn, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord. This is a chorus. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my sin rolled away, t'was there by grace I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. And the problem is we're not. And that can be a difficulty, can't it? If you're not happy all the day, does that mean that something's wrong with you as a Christian? The Christian life's supposed to be a happy life. Are you going to be happy all the day? No, you're not. And sadly, I think they just added that little line because it made a nice rhyme at the end. The rest of it's quite good, actually, isn't it? Just take away that last line. Examples from the Bible show us that even the most godly men and women were often unhappy distressed, sorrowful, and perplexed. 
Naomi returned to Bethlehem and she says, Call me Mara, for the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. In Ruth chapter 1. People criticize her for that. But she was just being honest. I have had the most dreadful experiences. My husband has died in Moab. My two sons have died in Moab. And I've come back and all that I have is my daughter-in-law Ruth. Little did she know that that would be the most wonderful thing. Hannah wept in frustration and sorrow when her rival Penina teased her for not having any children in 1 Samuel 1. Elijah felt miserable and alone when he was in deep despair when Jezebel threatened to kill him and he ran away to Mount Horeb in 1 Kings 19. Jonah was miserable when he was alone uh, outside Nineveh and the plant that had given him such lovely shade from the sun was destroyed by the Lord. And we're told that he grew faint and wanted to die in Jonah chapter 4. The two on the road to Emmaus were sad and their faces were downcast as they walked back home on that resurrection afternoon in Luke 24. And even the great Apostle Paul admitted to being perplexed, but not in despair, in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8. And here in Psalms 42 and 43, the psalmist, was it David? I think it was David. But he's downcast, isn't he? He says, my soul is downcast. And your experience and my experience as a Christian confirms this that very often our situation as Christians finds ourselves downcast and we have to say with the psalmist, my soul is downcast within me. So how are we to understand this feeling, this experience? And perhaps even more importantly, how are we to deal with it? Well, the first thing to understand is that even a true Christian may become downcast in their soul. As a Christian, a true Christian, you may be downcast in your soul. And you must, you must understand first of all that this is a common and a normal experience for the Christian. Thomas says, my soul is downcast within me. That's what the NIV says. Or, or even more intensely in the New King James Version, Oh God, my soul is cast down within me. Taking the last couple of words from the previous verse and, and adding it to this. Oh God, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. What is this experience? Well, it's the experience of being low in spirit, being distressed, being depressed, being troubled. But notice he says, my soul, my soul is downcast. This is not just a, a mental thing. This is, this is something to do with the spirit. It is a spiritual thing. It's our heart and our mind. 
It's something that a Christian can experience. It's specifically spiritual. It, it has something to do with our relationship with the Lord. My soul is downcast within me. So if we ask the question, what caused this downcast soul for David? We find some clues in Psalm 42. First of all, in the first couple of verses, we, we discover that he's been separated from other believers. He longs to be with them. He longs to be with his brothers and sisters, but he's been separated from them for some reason. We don't know why exactly. There were many occasions in David's life where he was separated from God's people and he couldn't go to worship in the way that he wanted to. But there were also taunts from unbelievers, weren't there? You notice that in verse 10. My foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? So unbelievers are poking fun at him and saying, oh, you're in a difficult situation, aren't you? Well, where is your Christianity now? Where is your God now? He's not really there, is he? He doesn't care about you. And even the psalmist himself felt that God had forgotten him. Verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? He feels that even God has turned away from him. And then he feels oppressed by his enemies in the next psalm and in verse 2. Why must I go about mourning oppressed by my enemy? Everything seems against him and there is deceit and there is wickedness all around him. The circumstances of his life have led him to feeling really downhearted. If we wanted an example from the New Testament, the, the clearest example of something very similar to this is the two on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. We read uh, in Luke 24 that these two are returning home to Emmaus from Jerusalem and uh, they're talking to one another on the road on the way back to, to Emmaus. They're talking about all the things that have happened that day. It has been a terrible day. Because just two days prior to this, on the Friday, the Lord Jesus has been crucified. And these are two disciples, you see. And then a stranger comes up beside them and asks them the question, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And there are these words, they stood still, their faces downcast. They stood still, their faces downcast. What what had led to these two on the road to Emmaus feeling so downcast and showing it in their faces? Often our faces can't hide this, can it? First of all, the unexpected events. They hadn't expected these things to happen. They had hoped for so much more. They had hoped that Jesus would be the saviour. But now he was dead and it was so unexpected to them. All their hopes had been dashed. They were no longer able to believe in the promises of God's word. And and even the, the ladies who had come and said that the tomb was empty, they didn't even believe them. And now they were discussing between themselves And they just went round and around and around in circles discussing these things. Well, you know, that's the same for us, isn't it? Those things can so easily lead to us becoming downcast. 
when events don't go the way that we expect them to go. Life doesn't unfold the way that we had hoped it would. Things don't happen and, and we think, well, where is God in all of this? I prayed and I prayed, but it didn't happen. And, and I had hoped for so much and nothing's happened. And then we can easily be led to, to unbelief. And then we can even start discussing things together and it makes things worse rather than better. These two on the road to Emmaus are experiencing something that I think many of us know very well. Because even as a true Christian, you may become downcast in your soul. Well, enough of the problem. We probably know that all too well, don't we? But what's the remedy? Well, the remedy is to point yourself to the only source of true relief. And that is your saviour. The remedy is to point yourself to the only true source of relief, which is your Saviour. So in our verse in Psalm 42 and verse 6, we read this. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. The problem, and deep down the real reason for this distress is that he has forgotten God. It's not so much that God has forgotten him as that he has forgotten God. In other words, he's been ignoring God. God has been left out of his thinking. Perhaps we would say kindly pushed out by events and by experiences. How very easy it is for us to do that, isn't it? Circumstances may cause us to forget and to push God out of our thinking, as it did David. Separation from other believers, that will do it. If you're either forced to be separated from other believers, or if you decide to be separated from other believers, then that will cause this. A discussion that fails to include God and his word, that will do it, like on the Emmaus Road. Unbelief will do it. And as Jonah shows us in Jonah chapter 4, anger and frustration will often lead to being downcast and disturbed in our soul. And as Naomi and Hannah show us, and David here, troubles will do it too. The troubles of life. In fact, David could say in Psalm 42, verse 7, All your waves and breakers have swept over me. He, he saw the roar of the waterfall and the depths of the pool, and he said, That deep pool reflects my depths of feelings, and all the waves and breakers of God have broken over my head. The remedy is to remember the Lord. The remedy is to remember the Lord in that situation. And there are steps that you can take. And the psalmist shows us what those steps are. The first step is to question yourself. The first step is to ask yourself, why? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? That's where you must begin. Ask yourself that question. Why am I downcast? 
Maybe that you'd be able to trace some reasons for it. But it may be that you could also ask yourself, do I really have good reason to be downcast? But whatever it is, you need to say, why am I downcast? You need to recognize that this is not the normal condition of a believer. This is abnormal. It happens, but it's, it's not the normal thing. Something has happened to cause it, and you need to examine that. You need to remind yourself of who God is. You notice he says, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. Who's he remembering, though? He's remembering my Saviour and my God. My Saviour, my God. God is your Saviour. He is your God. Personally, you know him. He is yours. And what's more, he's your Saviour. He's given his life for you on Calvary's cross. He has loved you with that depth of love. And he's given everything for you. And he's provided salvation for you by grace. And he is your God as well. He is the God of the Almighty God, the God of heaven and earth. There is no one greater than your God. And then you need to put your hope in this God. Question yourself. Recognize that this is not the normal condition of the believer. Remind yourself who God is. He's your God. And put your hope in him. Remember Elijah, we mentioned him. Elijah ran away from Jezebel and he ran all the way to Horeb. And when he got there, you remember that there was a, the strength of the earthquake and the wind and the fire. But eventually God spoke to him, not in those things, but in a gentle whisper. And God asked him the question, What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, the question... What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you really doing? Why have you come here? What are you doing here? Elijah was wrong in his thinking. He was afraid of a woman, Jezebel, powerful woman. But the great God was his God. He needed to be reminded of the greatness of this God. On the Emmaus Road, the Lord Jesus asks these two disciples some questions. You see, it's the same process, asking the questions, getting you to think. So Jesus asked them in verse 17, What are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, he knows what they're discussing, but he wants them to tell him. And very often we spend our time going round and round and round in our minds, or even with other Christians. But what we need to do is to tell the Lord all about it in prayer they tell him well don't you know the things that have happened and he asks them another question what things he wants them to tell him and then he says to them in verse 26 did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory you see he's making them think straight because very often we need to have our thinking straightened out as Christians, to come back again to the things that we know to be true, to look up again to our God and to see all that he is for us. Believers, you know, you may have to do that every day. 
Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you feel downcast. There might be no particular reason for it, but you just feel in your spirit very low. And your first task of every day is to get yourself happy in the Lord. You need to recognize the dangers for you. What is it that causes you to slip down into the depths? It may be different for each one of us, but we need to recognize what they are, and then we need to avoid them. And when we do find ourselves deep down there in the depths, talk to yourself and remember your God and your Savior. Remember all that he has done for you, the great hope that you have. Put your hope there. Put your hope in him. He will never fail you. Never. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. And if you're not yet a believer, then remember the Christian life is not a cure-all. The Christian life is the most wonderful thing because it brings you to God. And that is the most important thing that we need. You need to be saved from your sins. You need to be made right with God. That is your desperate need. That needs to be dealt with. And the only place it can be dealt with is at the cross of Calvary where the Lord Jesus died. But you won't be happy all the day. You will sometimes be downcast. But let me ask you, unbeliever, if you're not yet a believer... Who do you turn to when you're downcast? What hope do you have if you don't have a saviour and you don't have a God? Jesus is the only saviour, risen from the dead. He is the only one who can do you any good in your soul. So seek him and turn from your sins and believe in him. And then you'll be able to say like David says, my soul is downcast within me, yes. Therefore, I will remember you. Well, let me close by reading a hymn that was taken from that psalm. Hymn number 667. As, the pants, as pants the heart for cooling streams, when heated in the chase, so longs my soul, O God, for thee and thy refreshing grace. For thee, my God, the living God, my thirsty soul doth pine. O oh, when shall I behold thy face, thou majesty divine? God of my strength, how long shall I, like one forgotten mourn, forlorn, forsaken, and exposed to my oppressor's scorn? Why restless, why cast down my soul? Hope still, and thou shalt sing the praises of him who is thy God, thy health's eternal spring. Let's pray. We ask, O Lord, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with us all evermore. Amen.